You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. I'm at ease. You're at ease. I'm at ease. For once. I'm at ease in your with life. everything that's happening right now around the White Sox while it seems to me as though everybody else is caught up in a just a whirlwind of crazy trying to figure out what's going on. I'm at ease because I can see everything they're doing. Well, everybody is wound up about Harper and Machado, obviously. Right. But I, I'm at ease about everything that they're doing. I want to get into what happened this past weekend with Yonder Alonso. Okay. I want to get into the Manny Machado thing, of course. I want to, of course, we'll address what's going on with Machado and Harper because it's really the only thing going on. But I'm at ease because I get it. Whether or not you agree with it or not, I get it. Okay, so you've been I you've get been what's enlightened. Going on. You've been enlightened. Uh, I, you know what? I w- I've been on this track for several episodes. And first of all, I want to say thank you, all of you who not only are listening but are obviously telling your friends because when you look at the numbers for this show. It's not just like a 45-degree angle, like on a graph of it going up. It's like this weird reverse ski slope of where it's almost going straight up with the amount of people that listen from week to week. Wow. It's it's incredible who's listening to this, and and Dave and I appreciate it very, very much, and and a lot of the kind words. I get what's going on, and it becomes more and more clear each and every day. First, I want to tell you what's going on with the Sacks. And then, after I sit back and pretty much let you take over the show, because I, I'm i completely and totally relaxed. Look at the look on your face. You're like, holy crap. <laughs> Dude, no, don't nobody want to hear me talking. Come on now. I've been listening lately. I feel like I dominate. I don't want to do that to you. Okay, so then we'll get into what I think is really going on in free agency he, he, with Machado and Harper. He picks the day that I'm on like four hours right. sleep, and, right, I just, and, I just, and I just came from a thousand-yard workout right, right, uh, in the, okay. at the swimming yeah, pool. Yeah, because you work out. You keep bragging about how you work out. I took a walk last night. It was like the first exercise I've gotten in a week. Did you You're feel like, it? I did, you, did you feel it in your chest? Oh, it's right there. It's in the glutes. I don't even know where the glutes are, but it's where it's... Uh, that's your that, 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 that's your buttocks. Okay, yeah. The, yeah, the butt sore. That's your nev- nether regions. Here's your, pos- he, your posterior, <laughs> as it is. Here's what's going on with the White Sox. The okay, White Sox went, Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams went into Jerry Reinsdorf's office a few years ago. Or maybe it was just maybe it was just Rick Hahn. Maybe Kenny Williams, who's always been against tearing things down, <laughs> couldn't be convinced again. And Hahn knew he had to get Reinsdorf on his side. And Hahn being the genius that I want to believe that he is. And this is just a theory, but I'm starting to really buy it. Okay. Goes in and sits down with Jerry and Kenny and says, to Jerry, just ignores Kenny. Just like basically, he knows Kenny's not on his side about this because he never wants to rebuild. Jerry or Kenny, Kenny always never wanted, wants to rebuild. Always wanted to do it on a fly. Bargain, always wanted a big yeah. free agent. Always thought that like Adam Dunn's going to save us. And and I remember when they signed Dunn, I was like, I don't like this deal. No, I know a lot of people loved it. No, I never I liked did it. Not. I did but, not either. But here's the thing: he sits there and he looks at Jerry Reinsdorf, also the owner of the Chicago Bulls, and says, "Jerry, we're going about this the wrong way. We should be doing this like they do in the NBA." Right. We should have nothing but expiring contracts. We should have nothing but payroll flexibility. If you let me bring this down to the studs, not only will I build a team, but I won't spend your money stupidly. So at some point when I want to jump this to $200 million, I just want the money that I saved you like stuck in a bank somewhere. 
I just want you to hold it back so I can use it. Now, we've talked about this before, and there have been, you know, there have been people who have said that it's some, it is something somewhat kind of similar to that, okay. like how that works. So here, here's what I think happened. Jerry's intrigued, and he goes, here's what we're going to do. We're never going to have a contract that we can't get out of, with the exception of maybe one or two guys that we really believe in. We're never going to spend your money badly. This is back in 2016. Oh, yeah, now. this is what he tells him. Yeah. And, and we're never going to get ourselves into a position again where we've got bad money on the books. And Jerry's like, this is great. And Kenny's like, oh, my God, he figured out a way to get Jerry on his side. Crap. Right. I'm not getting the next aging free agent that's out on the market this year. We're actually going to rebuild. No, Miguel Cabrera. Sorry, okay. Kenny. No. If you look at the White Sox current payroll right now, and remember the deals that they have made, the major deals they have made. They got Colome in a deal where they trade away a young catcher that they don't see as part of their plans, obviously. Navarez. They don't, yeah, they don't see him as part of their plans, and they go they get themselves a closer. They pick up Ivan Nova. And they trade away nothing, basically, for him. Right, an outfielder. Who, no, no, no. Or no, that was, that was the pitcher. That was, that was the pitcher. pitcher I'm sorry. Considerations. Right, right. Okay, the that, outfielder, was the, that was the Pirates deal. The outfielder that was part of the log jam because all these guys from single A are moving up to double A this year along with their manager and future White Sox manager, Omar Vizquel. Alex, was Alex Call. Alex Call gets straight away for Yonder Alonso, and we'll get into the, the significance of that move. Because a lot, are, of, a lot of people are freak. Here's the deal. Just sorry to interrupt. A lot of people are freaking out about the Alonzo deal because, oh my God, does this mean they're trading a Abreu? No, no, they're not. No, no, relax. If you chill, go on Baseball Reference chill. right now, BaseballReference.com right now. This is, I mean, like, I'm not a genius. I don't, I don't walk around with all the contract numbers in my head. I just go and look them up. You go on BaseballReference.com right now and you look up the White Sox future payrolls. Tim Anderson and Alex Colome are the only guys, according to BaseballReference.com, that you're on the hook for next year. Really? Yeah. Technically, I mean, you that's... can buy out Alonzo if he only gets less than 550 plate appearances, which is totally possible because if you decide you don't like him halfway through the year, guess who's not playing that much anymore? Right, right. Okay? And then you buy him out for a million. You can buy out Wellington Castillo for 500000 and you can buy out Nate Jones at $1.25 million, according to Baseball Reference, even though he's got a three-year deal. Okay, right. You have buyouts built in. The only guy that really goes long distance is the Anderson deal. He's 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. Right, they've locked him up long-term. Like, yeah. They believe in him. Right. Like, he is, he is part of this thing, whether, you know. And like you know what? Not. If they really like him and he becomes really good... He's got a he's got a twelve point five million dollar team option in twenty twenty three, or they buy him out for a mil. Oh, nice. Okay. okay, so that's what they're on the hook for as a team. Everybody else is arbitration eligible, pre arbitration eligible. You could just dump out of their contracts. You could just say, "Hey, great, nice to see you, bye bye." Okay, you have total roster flexibility. See, I didn't realize it was that to the to that degree. Of, it's an extreme. Yeah, I didn't realize thing that it was doing. that extreme. Right. Yeah, and. That's why, as I've said before, I don't think that they're actually going to go and do anything in this offseason except go after the big fish. If they can't get the big fish, they're just going to sit back. They're going to play for 2019. They're going to keep their roster flexibility, and they're going to go after the big fish again because you know what they're doing? They're go. They're doing the, the let's build the team getting multiple stars at the same time. Yes. Okay. It's the it's the it's it's you and I talked about it. They're doing the, the Miami Heat. They're doing the Miami Heat. They're yeah. doing the Miami Heat. That's exactly what they're doing. That's part of their pitch right now. Their pitch to Manny Machado is Manny Machado. And he was just in town this week on Monday. Manny, we want you to come here. We want you to play here. We've got so many people you'd love to play with. 
We've got your brother-in-law here. We've got a roster where half the people on the roster Aren't speak a Spanish. Speak Spanish, okay. Yeah. We've got we've got the the bilingual coach. We've got a culture in this in this stadium that you're going to absolutely love, and you're going to be a star on this team, Bryce. Hey, we've got all this going on, and we think we're going to get Machado too. I really think they're going after both. They, they, they know they are, and they're definitely they absolutely. Going to, and are. I think they're definitely going to get one of them. And I'll get into that in just a moment. But that's what the pitch is right now. And that's what they're doing. And anybody who thinks they care about Michael Brantley or that they were going to go after one of these other names that are out there that you can get on the free agent market, they don't care about those players. They're not going after any pitchers. They're going to be just like the A's do every year. The Oakland A's every year sit back and wait until they can get a couple of pitchers that have really good whips, that have very good metrics, that were overlooked in free agency, and they go out and sign him at a cheap discount price. And that's what they're going to do because all they're have... looking for is for guys to fill holes. Right. And They've then got you... nobody to fill a hole, and now they're going to find somebody to fill Dylan Covey's hole. That sounds that sounds a little dirty, that's, what I just yeah, said. Yeah, that, that's a little... Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks on Yonder Alonzo. We all know he's Manny Machado's brother-in-law. One of the more interesting things that comes out of this signing is that the White Sox intend to rotate him and Abreu at DH and first base for the year. And Pelka is now currently slated to be a corner outfielder. So, guess what, White Sox fans? If they don't get Bryce Harper, the 108 is going to have standing out and by the 108, their favorite guy for the year. Yes. Okay, he's going to be standing there. It doesn't make any sense to me, but there he is. He's he's Abisail Garcia's replacement. Okay, because we're in year three of a rebuild. Right. And they're sitting there saying we want versatility and he can't just be a DH. So we're going to give him regular at-bats and we're going to see if he can play the field. And if he can't, guess what? One of those expiring contracts. Just later. One of those guys right. we don't have to tender a deal to. One of those guys we could keep on the cheap and we could just hang on to. I, and then somebody and then you bring and then you bring somebody up or you get you get somebody to fill a hole if you know once when you do that. The Alonzo Abreu thing, Alonzo's never been a DH, and Abreu hates DH. I would imagine Abreu is going to be the first baseman 80% of the time, and Alonzo will spell him to keep him fresh because they, I think, still believe that he is a part of their team. He had a little bit of a down year this year. He had some injuries this year, and it makes perfect sense to have somebody to back him up in case he goes through that again, because once again, he is an expiring contract. You can non-tender him. You can not, you could, you could, you could, you could not pick up the option on, on Alonzo. You have options as to where you want to go. I think what the White Sox want to do is say, we're going to rest to bray you up a little bit. We still see him as a long-term guy. We love the way that he has leadership inside of the clubhouse. We love the way that these young guys look up to him. In fact, I actually believe that if Manny Machado signs with the White Sox, part of the pitch is, Manny, and if he's still out there, we will deal Wellington Castillo and his expiring contract to a team that is going to look at that as wonderful. And we are going to go pick up, because Ryan McCann will still be the backup, Yasmani Grandel, who, and this is, this is a great little tidbit, Yonder Alonso and Yasmani Grandel, they came over on the same raft from Cuba. Wow. They defected together. I didn't know that. They came over and defected together. This is a family affair. A team full of Cubans. It's a whole team. It's a team full of Cuban players who all left Cuba. And, the, and their hero is Jose Abreu. Right. So don't worry about the fact that Abreu is going to be on the team. 
He's the elder statesman of the Cuban contingent of the Chicago White Sox. This is this is how it's all coming together. Now, as for the pitches for Machado and Harper, there is a story in the New York Post that has been picked up by several other uh, New York sports writers who have said that the Yankees see Machado as having to pitch them. Really? Instead of them pitching Machado. Wow, because now the last I heard is that the Yankees were limiting what they want to actually give to him. Right, so they want to limit the money and they want him to pitch them, okay? The Philadelphia Phillies have backtracked on the we're going to spend stupid amounts of money and now members within the organization are saying things like, well, when we said that, we were trying to show that we were willing to make moves, but we've made a lot of moves. No, the Phillies have made a ton of moves and this offseason so far. just those moves. Right. So the Phillies, whom everybody was like, they pretty much, the national media was just about ready to give Bryce Harper a Phillies jersey. Right. And, and uh, they, Like they a week ago. They have said that now, and they were supposed to be two of the teams that were in on the Machado deal. And that, so if the top three teams, because we're just talking about Machado right now, were the Yankees, the Phillies, and the White Sox, he goes and he meets with the White Sox and look what they're doing. Look how they care enough to go bring his brother-in-law in. Now, if you're worried about the White Sox coming out and saying that we're not going to break any record books with our deal, don't worry. No, because that's... This is what Major League Baseball did last year. Remember how long it took for free agents last year to sign? Remember how the big ticket guys were out there? MLB Trade Rumors, It's, a, it's a, you, know, you can get it on Twitter, but they have a website. MLB Trade Rumors released a list before the season of all the like the top 50 free agents and what they thought they were going to sign for. They put it on an updated list yesterday morning. Okay. And the list was, here are the guys who have signed. And of the guys who have signed, if you add up the money that they actually signed for against what the prevailing thought was of what they were going to sign for, it's less. Players are signing overall for less than what it was believed to. This is the second year of Major League Baseball GMs paying market value prices only for players. So when you hear the White Sox saying what they're saying, this is negotiation through the media. Because, Don't think they're out of it. No. Because Understand they're in it, but they're not going to bid against themselves. No, no, no. Right. Here's the thing. Because the initial numbers that I was hearing for, we're, I think we're going to talk about Harper here for a second. The you initial, want to get on Harper so bad, but that's okay. It applies to both. No, I pretty but, much have but, gone through Machado, but go ahead. Well, no, but I just, I've said, because the initial numbers that I've heard for Harper were 10 to 12 years. 400 million. 400 million. He's not getting that. No. Scott Boros no. is in a panic. He's not getting that. No. The Dodgers come out Monday evening. And they have, and 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 all the word coming out of Dodgers camp is we're interested in him, but we're not giving him a long term deal because you don't become a team that perennially goes to the World Series or competes to go to the World Series every single year and give a guy a ten year deal no, and hamstring you yourself you that way. The Dodgers don't do that. The Dodgers are all about flexibility and the ability to move players and bring up young guys. They are not going to do that for Bryce Harper. Well, so in this, if plus, Scott Boros was a long term big money deal, the Dodgers are out. Right. Plus. The thing about that you got to remember about baseball, because we were talking about like the comparisons between like what the White Sox are doing and the, what the Miami Heat did uh, 10 years ago, whatever it was. Um, the difference between basketball and baseball. All right. And you're seeing this more and more. Basketball is more of an individual sport. You spend big money on a big two or a big three. And that takes you from. That takes you really from crappy to really good. To, yeah, it takes you from seller to, to championship contender right, right, overnight. Right. Baseball is not like that. No. Baseball, you have to build a 40-man team. Right. 
And you have to have a number of things go right in order to really win beyond just having one guy, having one or even two superstars on your team. But if the White Sox plan is how we're outlining it, what they're saying is we spent the last couple of years building up our farm system and getting these prospects with the intention of having a lot of controllable contracts, but guys that are going to be good. They're banking on the possibility of ending up with a bunch of low-cost players. And with all these contracts, if you're not good enough, guess what? It'll be the next guy in line. Yeah, right. We're going to move on from you. And signing a couple big difference makers, and that's why they're able to go with this well, this, this makeup. I don't just, know if it's going to work, and but just that's to, what the plan just, is. Just to finish like what I was saying earlier, though, like with the that's why you're seeing now baseball teams paying less and less what you're calling market value for those free agents. You know what I mean? Because it it it's you had the years where the Yankees would spend, 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 and you know what they got. They they had some they got a World Series or two out of it, but they never were able they weren't able no, to keep it. No, in fact, the Yankees so, were more successful in the late '90s when a lot of those guys were homegrown. Homegrown, talent. yeah. Everybody they're, always thought, oh, they're the evil empire. No, they went out and got a couple of pieces to add to all their homegrown. They're talent. more they're more going back to that now where all these guys are homegrown. That's just the way baseball is. Right. So no, Harper, he's not going to get that four hundred million, ten, twelve years. No. The last number I heard was something like three hundred twenty-two now. Right. No. For Let, like eight to ten. Stop. There, there's a reason you have not heard anything about Bryce Harper that is concrete all week long. In fact, Scott Boras is desperate. He knows he does not have a big money deal to bring his guy. He probably listened to the White Sox talk. Okay. Yeah. And and was like, oh, not a, not a, this isn't good enough, Bryce. Don't worry. We'll get them up. And now he's doing things like, I mean, there was an article in a LA publication that the Dodgers were getting close to signing Harper. And within 24 hours, the Dodgers have put it out there through their guys in the media. We're not interested in this long-term deal. You want to know why? Because he's throwing stuff out there now, hoping that somebody will panic. Right. He is hoping somebody will call him on the phone and be like, are you really close to the Dodgers, Scott? Okay, we'll go up. Because there is no deal. There is a reason now that everything is in the media. He is trying to drum up interest and nobody is interested. We have baseball is different now. There are there are teams that aren't even going to compete this year. There are teams that are just trying to tear down or have a different plan. And you have a team like the Phillies that said, "We are not going to sit around and wait and be held hostage." And they didn't wait. And they are in no way they're interested. Of course they're interested. Why wouldn't you be? But they're not going to get held up. And you have a team like the White Sox that has nothing to lose by sitting around and playing the long game and saying, "We know we can give you the best offer. It's just not going to be the offer you want." And we'll wait till February. Right. You can go walk around and you can ask everybody else for that kind of money. It's Just not- make sure you give us a call before you're done because we'll match it or we'll go better than it. But until you can find somebody else that's willing to give you $400 million, we're not giving it to you. Rick Hahn can play the long game. It doesn't hurt him to do it. Right. Nolan Arnato's coming out next year. I'm telling you, he's not going to sign any deal with the Rockies. Not with that much money that's going to be floating around out there. He's going to test the market. The only thing that's possible here, I think, is that Bryce Harper goes back to the Nationals. But the Nationals have almost said, like, well, we kind of had to move on. I mean, I don't even know if we got that money anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Boros is sitting around going, oh, crap. And the Sox know it. The Nationals, I don't even and remember even them. If, and I even don't if even... he shoots himself on the phone, even if Boros, out of spite, does something crazy, which or, or, or something comes out of the blue, they have this shot with two different guys, and if they walk away with one of them, it's a victory. Yes, yes. And I actually think that Machado is more likely than Harper because of the agent. 
and, and be- because of the stuff that's happened recently. Recently, it's funny too because like if you if you listen to our podcast a week or two ago. I you thought know, they were out. We, yeah, we were not even thinking Manny and, Machado and, and it, anymore. It was like, brilliant. It was brilliant how they walked away from him and focused on Harper. Yeah, they even fooled me. But we were the ones that originally also said we want a Machado over Harper. That's what we want. Now, I said that at least. I can't remember if you said that, but I remember I was like a six-war infielder who can be a short or third when that's the biggest hole on the team. I wanted that more. Yes, because we were we were working under the thought that, you know, they have a bigger problem at third base. Right, and I think if, it's if, easier to find free agent outfielders if you can't find the solution in your own system. It's easier to find free agent outfielders, and they have a deeper outfield in their system. That, right. was, the, that was the consensus. But it kind of got, it all sort of got written off because it was like, well, you know, Machado's not going to play third. You know, they're, they believe in... To, you know, they believe in Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. Right. Well, of course they so believe in Tim that, Anderson. He's the only contract that's long-term on his right. entire team. So, I mean, that's why we wrote it all off. But it, it, when when the Alonzo deal went through, it was kind of like, huh, okay. I, 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 I'm, is, I'm seeing something. That I'm, is a total ploy to try to help along doing things. And what does it cost them? Here's a team with nothing but no, payroll flexibility it costs and nothing. money to burn. And they're like, yeah, we'll take this guy on for nine or eight, nine million dollars. And if we don't get Machado, we won't give him enough at bats. And then we'll be able to just get rid of him. And it's a it's a nine, ten million dollar deal instead of an eight, nine million dollar deal for this year. And it doesn't matter because our payroll is going to be really low. Right. So th- and then you just you reload to try to get a, to try to get a big right. next year. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. And and so that's that that's what the plan is with this team. And and I know that it hurts. I know that I know that people didn't want this. I know that there were, were people that had big ideas like look at these free agents. We can get this guy. We can get this guy. The central's down. Now's the time to go for it. I thought that we gave our plans is what we wanted to do. There were guys that I wanted them to go out and sign. There were moves that I wanted them to go make. I, you know, I just think that the White Sox have a different plan than what we all hoped for. But I think we're fooling ourselves. I think it's far more likely that the Sox are doing what you and I are talking about today than going to go make a f- splash with another free agent. There's no, they're not knocking on Dallas Keuchel's door. No. Okay. They're not going to go get AJ Pollock. They're not interested in him. See what I'm saying? Right, because guys like that don't fit the plan. They don't fit what the plan is. The thing that you have to let go of here for a second, you you have to let go of this win-now mentality. That's not what they're trying to do. We had decades worth of, we got to win now, we got to win now, we got to win now. Every year with Kenny, it was like, we got to win now, but we're not going to spend any real money. We're just going to go and get these bargain basement free agents. We're going to get these guys who are past their prime that maybe they might have a resurgence when they come here. But we got to win now, win now, win now this year. And you know what? It never worked. You had one playoff victory, one playoff victory since the World Series under that mentality. It's time for something else. And it sucks, but... It means because the Sox are horrible and they've been horrible for the past few years, but it means they're building something. So, yeah, next year, probably not going to. I mean, they might compete. I don't know. Listen, you got to you know, be, but, but be good for years. Yeah. You got to be good for years. Right. Because not, guess what? It's, it's not going to be. The Indians have already enacted a plan where they're rebuilding on the fly, but they're doing a fairly good job of it. And they've got a lot of talent on that team. And they've got some young players that they've been bringing up through the system that they are still thinking could could become something. Okay, the Twins are not. Twins going to have give up. always done it. They're not giving up on anything. No. The Meanwhile, tw- behind the White Sox, the Royals and the Tigers are starting their rebuild. 
So if you look at the long-term plan, what do you want to do? You want your window to be two years? Or do you want your window to be 10? No, you want it to be 10. Okay. But and that means you're going to have to, you that have means to, you're going to have to be bad this. for, it means you're going to have to be bad for a little okay. while. Yes. You have to do this. You have to make sure everything goes right. You can't sit there and say, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D. And once you get C done, you've done A, B, and C, you're like, you know what? D is just too painful. We're right. Gonna skip a step at the end. It's like putting together your kid's Christmas present on Christmas Eve and going, you know what? I don't know. One more beer. I'm going to go to bed. And I'm, I'm sure that little balcony in the Barbie dream house won't fall off on Christmas morning. Yeah. And then lo, it does. Lo and behold. And Christmas is ruined. <laughs> I don't want Rick Hine ruining my Christmas. This is why I don't have kids. <laughs> We've got uh, big listenership and you do a lot to help me out with the show. And so I want to make sure that you plug where you work or oh, your business. I okay. want you to do that. I want you to plug. I want you to plug Westgate. I, you got you got 60 seconds, dude. Tell tell everybody about what you do. Because first of all, let me tell you something before Dave starts. Dave's the kind of guy that if he wanted to, would be in a rock band right now, touring the world. He is a spectacular guitar player. Thank you. He Thank plays you. for fun because he just loves to play. And he stayed in Chicago instead of going to L.A. when he was young because he would have rather played with his friends and been around his family, okay, than to go off and make millions of dollars playing guitar. And I really think he could have done millions. Uh, Well, yeah, the way the music industry is. But I think you would have had a great time. okay? and you would have done very, very well for yourself. But instead, you love music so much. You went and you got yourself a degree. Two degrees, actually. Two degrees in music. Right. Okay. You teach multiple instruments. Yes. You have an incredible place of business that you run uh, on the south side. And I want you to tell everybody the location, how they get a hold of you, all the details. You got 60 seconds. Go. Okay, Westgate Music School in Palos Heights, Illinois. The address is 6527 West 127th Street. Uh, We're on the corner strip mall in Indian Trails. We offer private lessons on all instruments, guitar, bass guitar, banjo, ukulele, uh, drum set, and marching snare drum. We also do piano. We do, of all levels, we do voice of all ages and all levels. Uh, We also do wind and brass uh, and all of the orchestral strings too, violin, viola, cello, uh, double bass. We also have uh, ensemble groups. So if you're looking to play in a rock band or an acapella choir or a barbershop quartet, uh, we have the opportunity for all of our students to do that. Anyone who joins our ensemble program gets to play uh, once, like three times a year. They get to play on one of our uh, student concerts. And we've been holding those student concerts uh, the venues have been getting larger and larger. The last batch that we've been doing, we've been held held on the big stage at 115 Bourbon Street. So uh, if you uh, have a guitar or a keyboard lying around and you're like, oh man, New Year's resolution, I want to learn how to play this thing. Or if you got drum sets or keyboards or guitars for your kids or friends or family for Christmas uh, and they need to learn how to take lessons, we've got you covered. So Westgate Music School. 6527 West 127th Street, Palos Heights, Illinois. The phone number is 708-586-7002. You can also look us up online at www.westgatemusicschool.com. That was a little more than a minute, but I'm keeping it all in there because, you know, you're you're my buddy and, you know, I'm proud of you no, and you do good work. I tried. You know, and you, you, you know, I, I still keep all the old songs that you used to play. You know, well, in, in you. your bands, the ones that never made it big, but they should have. Well, you know, thank you. I, I play them on that. the show. In fact, all the hard rock music that you hear is Dave. Yes, that's, I, that's Dave. I, I need to write some more for you soon. That's Dave. Some of it goes back to when he was in high school, but it's Dave. Right. <laughs> the more I 
want to say that it's an incredible show, man. Incredible show. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Started listening a couple weeks ago and can't get enough. Uh, great job on this last show. I mean, uh, just at the very end, it's like, all you got to do is just listen to these guys talk. They're telling you everything, and you guys are out there talking about them. It's incredible. It's a breath of fresh air. You got the right personality types. You see these things. Just doing a great job. So keep doing it. Thank you. It's a pleasure to listen to you. Hey, man, thanks. 708-459-8406. Use that to ask questions, or if you want to tell us that you like the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. I get what they're doing. You could argue up and down about whether or not you agree with what they're doing. But this is what they're doing. There's part of me that goes is, is comforted by the fact that there has been a long-term plan. What they're doing proves to me that they are not willy-nilly just, we're going to get a bunch of prospects and then go out and hope that our talent evaluation is good. There is an actual strategic plan to try to do something that nobody else has done. When, when was, was the last the, time was the, last the White, time Sox, the White Sox, Sox tried to do something that nobody yes. else had done? No, well, that's what I was about to ask you. When was the last time you actually could look at the White Sox and go, hey, you know what? There's a long-term plan. I mean, right. what, the late 90s? The White Sox after have taken... The, after the strike? The White that was Sox, the last time I can remember. Right. The White Sox have taken what the Cubs did in tearing down and building up, and then looked at what the Astros did in tearing down and building up. And they have taken the lessons that they see on those teams. And what they've done is they've focused on making sure that they have young pitching along with young players, something that is killing the Cubs right now and closing their window quickly. Their window's closing quicker than people expected it to because they've got some guys that didn't pan out, they have pitching issues, and they don't have any any more payroll flexibility. Right. See what I'm saying? Yes. The, White Sox, the White Sox have looked at the guys on the other side of town and have said that was a really good idea, but there were a few things they probably could have done differently to make it even better. And there's a plan. It might be a crazy plan, but sometimes you want to be the team that comes up with the idea first. You want to be Billy Bean figuring out sabermetrics. But I am completely calm with this. I am calm, I am relaxed, and I am just going to wait for which one we get. And if we get them both, it's golden. And if you get, and, and if I if get, get none of them, if you get none of them, then you have another year. I'm going to watch Eloy develop. Yeah. I'm going to wait for Dylan Cease. And I'm going to watch wait them for, you're gonna, you're gonna, spend for Nolan Arnato. You're going to wait for Kopech in right. 2020. And yes. then you're no. going to see them. They'll spend stupid money when they need to. Yes. See what I'm saying? When they're ready, then they'll go knock at some guy's door and be like, here's way too much money. <laughs> and you know what Alonzo is? Alonzo's the guy that is going to put all White Sox fans who are worried about Machado and his effort, going to put their minds at ease. Because I have read multiple articles now from, from people after we got Alonzo that explains that Alonzo has no problem t- telling Manny Machado to hustle <laughs> because nice. they're family, and he yells at him. And he supports him, but he yells at him. So they basically said, we're going to have a babysitter. Who is that guy? That, did the Bulls have a guy that was like a babysitter for Dennis Rodman? Did they oh, do that? Oh, did the Bulls have like was, a, they had the um, white guy that was at the end of the bench who never did anything, and he was like Dennis Rodman's babysitter to keep him calm? Was that Judd Bushler? I don't know, but that's what the... Again! Again, they went to Jerry and they were like, we ought to get Machado. Well, I hear he doesn't hustle. Don't worry, we're going to get him a babysitter, just like you got for Rodman. Brilliant! Rick Hahn is, Rick Hahn is going to Jerry Rice with basketball ideas, and I think that's what's going on. God, you're going to make brilliant. me look. You're going to make me look that up now. <laughs> Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is baseman And the nude is baseman
Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement. Broadcast. Basement. The Nudie's Basement. The Broad Basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Socks in the Basement. <laughs> Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.